You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. A hacktivist doxes the FBI and DHS. Her Majesty's revenue and customs is compromised for fraudulent tax returns. Banking Trojans are looking more like APTs. Anonymous undertakes some operations over the weekend. Cyber stocks sell off. And a question, should China rein in North Korean hackers? This is John Petrick, the CyberWire's editor, in Baltimore filling in for Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Daily Podcast for Monday, February 8th, 2016. A hacktivist who, quote, wishes to remain anonymous, unquote, as Motherboard rather primly puts it, releases what he alleges are personal data on some 20,000 FBI employees and about 8,000 U.S. Department of Homeland Security personnel. It's so far unconfirmed whether the contents of the release which have the look of information culled from staff directories, are genuine. The hacktivist told Motherboard that he made his way into networks at the Justice Department by posing on the telephone to a help desk as a befuddled new employee and gained his credentials that way. There's no further identification so far of the gentleman who wishes to remain anonymous, but the data dump was accompanied by a pro-Palestinian message. Anonymous was active on several fronts over the weekend. None of them, however, appear to be on the anti-ISIS front. The hacktivist collective, under its Op Africa banner, is reported to have doxed government sites in Ethiopia, Sudan, South Sudan, South Africa, Tanzania, Rwanda, Uganda, and Zimbabwe. Their proclaimed goal is exposure of corruption. On Friday, an anonymous affiliate, Anon Plus, noting that, quote, we're at war, unquote, struck at the very dark heart of evil itself, which is to say they struck at the government of York County, Pennsylvania, posting a manifesto advocating returning sovereignty to the people. This would be accomplished, they say, by suppressing war, religions, what a non-plus calls politicals, and financial power. The county's websites were restored to normal in somewhat less than two hours. A few lessons about hacktivism of this anarcho-syndicalist stripe are perhaps on display here. Much of this activity is probably best viewed as an expressive rather than persuasive gesture, an attempt at purity as opposed to an attempt at conversion or inspiration. Contrast this, for example, with the hacktivism ISIS has succeeded in marshalling, where inspiration and recruitment seem to count for everything. And, of course, hacktivists are drawn inevitably toward relatively small, presumably lightly defended targets. That York, Pennsylvania would have at best a tangential relationship to oppressive global systems is beside the point. York was hacked probably because York could be hacked, and also probably without undue difficulty or onerous expenditure of resources. One hacktivist tactic, which ESIT is calling Hacksposure, will probably see more widespread use this year. The hacking team in Ashley Madison breaches would be examples of Hacksposure. The goal is typically reputational damage, and while extortion or harm to a commercial competitor would certainly be possible, 
In these two cases, at least, there appears to be no such economic motive. Widespread availability of indifferently protected information and the tools to extract and disseminate that information are thought likely to drive an increase in hack exposure. Turning to cybercrime news proper, online hoods appear to have made successful incursions into Her Majesty's revenue and customs. The Sunday Times reports that hackers have made off with UK tax filers' self-assessment records and then used the information to file fraudulent claims for tax repayment. Researchers continue to work on last week's Tesla Crypt ransomware infestation, the one that's been plaguing WordPress sites. All would be well advised to be on their guard and, above all, to back up their data. In another minor mystery, researchers also wonder who's been subverting Drydex malware download sites to serve up antivirus software. The presumed white hat hacker's identity is unknown, but people have begun calling him or her Batman. Note that Drydex's criminal proprietors have for some time gone by the direct, if unimaginative, name of Evil Corp. Kaspersky researchers discern a trend in banking malware. It's begun to adopt some of the APT techniques, hitherto principally associated with cyber espionage. The Metal, GC Man, and Carbonac criminal groups all show signs of using tools from the Spymaster skits. GC Man remaining apparently the most old school of the three. The goal remains the same, obviously, theft, but the means of gaining access show a growing sophistication. In documents filed last week with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, Arrow Electronics reported the loss of some $13 million in fraudulent transfers to various Asian bank accounts. An investigation is in progress, and observers speculate that the incident involved a privileged account attack. ERP scan describes a cross-site scripting vulnerability in SAP Afaria. The security firm notes that SAP has published a fix for the problem, and it encourages users to apply it. In the marketplace, a broad sell-off that began late last week continues to affect cybersecurity stocks. Observers cite weaknesses in some allied IT sectors as a partial cause, along with concerns about possible overvaluation and, of course, the unsettling story of Norse Corporation's apparent implosion. The pullback doesn't appear to have affected plans for IPOs, including Nobifor's aspirations in this respect, nor has it dampened speculation about the mergers and acquisitions that many think FireEye and Symantec are likely to undertake. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. 
Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. In the crypto war seesaw battle between privacy and security, one approach that crops up frequently in debates is key escrow. We sat down last week with the University of Maryland's Jonathan Katz, who takes us through the concept. Once again, Jonathan Katz joins me. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland and director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center. They're one of our academic and research partners. Uh, Jonathan, there's been a lot of talk about key escrow. Can you walk us through exactly what it is? There are many different ways that key escrow could be implemented, but let me just walk through one way you could do it. Uh, most of cryptography is based on secret keys that are held by the individual who's going to be decrypting the data. So we can imagine that somebody has a key on their phone, for example, that's used to decrypt any messages being sent to them. Now, what you could do is set things up in such a way that the maker of the phone, say Apple, for example, would have the ability to derive the key on any phone from some master key that would be held by Apple, possibly or other companies or possibly government agencies as well. And then in case police or uh, other government agencies wanted to get access to the encrypted communication to that phone, they would be able to go to Apple, uh, get a copy of the master key, derive the user's key that they're using on their phone, and that, that way gain access, gain access to their communication. So it sounds pretty straightforward, but there are various concerns about this, right? That's right. It is very straightforward. The problem is that you need to be very careful about protecting that master key. And anybody who gets access to that master key would then have the ability to break in to the secure communication going to anybody's phone. Now, that master key would have to be uh, protected not only from people outside the organization, say uh, outside of the company, Apple itself, but it would also have to be protected from people within the organization, people working for Apple who have access to that master key. And really, it's just a mess if that key ever becomes exposed in any way. Uh, you have no way of then ensuring the security of all the phones who are using anything derived from that key. And, and is it correct that it's a situation where if this key escrow uh, scenario comes to pass, that people who wanted to hide things, people who wanted to encrypt things, would, would probably just turn to other ways to do it? That's exactly right. And nothing prevents anybody from downloading other software that's available that would enable them to encrypt using a key that has no connection to the master key being stored by Apple. And so ultimately, anybody who's even mildly technologically savvy would be able to circumvent the whole key escrow to begin with. All right, Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. A passcode opinion piece argues that China bears a disproportionate responsibility for reining in the nuisance of North Korean cyber operations. The DPRK being almost as isolated in cyberspace as it is in physical space, Kim's hackers typically have recourse to resources physically located on China's side of the border. And finally, the science is now settled. Criminal nitwits outnumber criminal masterminds by several orders of magnitude. One fugitive from British justice was nabbed after two years on the lam by police who tracked him to a Merseyside address on the basis of the catch-me-if-you-can gasconade he posted to Facebook. And in the U.S., the show-me state is not to be outdone by their transatlantic cousins. Missouri authorities can show you a pretty cage full of burglars who incautiously try to frighten their intended victims from their homes, not thinking that they might also frighten them into calling police. In this case, the mugshots tell the whole story.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire.